All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds. Yes, we've partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys, and they have smoking hot deals all the time. We're talking things like uh, buy one, get one 50% off on wild night and day gummies, all Wana products, 25% off. So much more over at Solace Meds. And if you head over into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. When you mention the code DNVR20, that's right, head in and mention DNVR20 to the good friends over at Solace Meds and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Remember to take advantage of all these deals. Head to solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Use that code DNVR20, or you can just head into the store and mention that code DNVR20 at Solace Meds. Check them out. DNVR and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for by golly Colin Morikawa has done it again. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Of course we are uh, presented by MSU Denver online. Check them out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. There's something for everyone down at MSU Denver and MSU Denver students actually work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking to further your education while uh, keeping your full-time job, there's no better place than msudenver.edu slash online. And there's no one here to say my boys because Zach is out this week. Unless, and that's his. That's it. I, I, feel, I would feel weird saying it. You can't have like yeah. s- different superheroes no. taking other superheroes' catchphrases. We just have to be us. We just That's all we can be is us. Mm. Um, and yes, I had a fantastic weekend. You want some money. Yes, I did. Colin Morikawa has like made me a lot of money, like legitimately made me a lot of money in my life. Like how are we talking about he's paid a month's rent for you? He's I would say a multiple, few nice dinners, multiple months rent. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's true. Um, but still, that's, yeah, that, that's not unimpressive. No. Yeah. I mean, I just keep betting on him on all the big tournaments. And the best part about this weekend is like, he's one of the best golfers in the world, but he had played poorly at the Scottish open the week before. Mm-hmm. And so his, they were like, Oh, he can't play in Europe. It was the first time he's ever played in Europe was the week before. So they gave him like really high odds. It was 30 to one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice. I mean, th- there were, there were some odds I saw on Friday, which had, um, got had speeth Somebody has speeth and somebody speeth and West Heisen. Yeah, or the field, and I took the field because it included Morikawa. Yes, it was an easy choice. I also had like plus one fifty any American golfer to win. Oh, um, so shout out to Colin for pulling nice. that one through because there weren't that many Americans at the top. Yeah, um, and then I also uh, hit up a Rockies game this weekend for the first time in a while. The, the All Star game kind of got me like rejuvenated for baseball. 
Um, and then uh, Chichi Gonzalez gave up five runs in the first inning. Kind of took took the wind out of those sails a little bit. Back to reality. He should have gone yesterday. I absolutely that mi- that might have kept the wind going for a little bit longer. That's true. And then uh, I went to a Rapids game for the first time in a while on Saturday. And shout out to C38. I got to be honest. Absolute blast. Yeah. Absolute blast. Did you sing the entire time? I did. Really? How about you, Allie? Did you sing the entire time? Okay. My whole theory on it. So so I got to say, like, they have it all figured out because it's Mm -hmm. not fun to drive all the way out there. Right. So what they do is they set up buses from downtown so you, you know, have a drink at a bar downtown, hop on a bus. They'll bus you out to a tailgate nice and early. They've got food and drinks at the tailgate. You go to the game, you sing along, and then you get on the bus back home and you never have to worry about transportation. Closest thing to the experience that you get in England where you take the train to near the ground and then you go to a pub before the match mm-hmm. and then walk into the match. Which, oh, like a march. Yeah, which is something that I actually did when the Broncos were in London 11 years ago, my Saturday involved having that kind of match day experience over for a, a championship a level match, a league championship match between uh, Queens Park Rangers and Burnley. Mm. And it was an absolute blast. Ended the same way as the match that you went to on Saturday, a 1-1 draw, but that's okay. Yeah, that was the only bummer. What's wrong with a try, with a tie? I, I don't... Uh, you I, Americans, and I say you Americans, because yes. this, is, this is where the having a British mother comes into play. I've never had a problem with ties. I guess it's just kind of the way you're raised, the way you're wired and all that. Right. Ties are fine. If it's, you know, sometimes the game deserves to be a tie. I was telling Eric Weedham, D-Line Co., before the show, because we were talking about the tie, and he was a little bit let down by Mm -hmm. the tie. He needs a winner and a loser. He needs that clarity. But I think back to, for example, the Broncos-Patriots game in 2013. Denver takes a huge lead in the first half. New England comes roaring back and ties the game in the second half. That game deserved to be a tie. Denver won half of it. New England won half of it. And we all would have been happier if overtime had not happened and the ball had not skipped off of Tony Carter's leg, allowing the Patriots to get the game-winning field goal. Would have felt much better flying home with a tie than a loss. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that... When you lose, you'd rather have the tie, but when you'd win, you'd rather have the win. I, I just, if they call, if they said tomorrow, we're calling every NFL regular season game after 60 minutes, no more overtime, I'd be like, fine. I, I'd, I, I'd be perfectly okay with that. We don't do ties here, and we don't, and we do do playoffs. It's just the way we roll. Well, they're the equivalent of a playoff in England is the FA Cup. I mean, you've got your single yeah, elimination no like competition going much about it. going concurrently. Well, it depends on the fan base. I mean, if you if you're contending for if you're contending for the Champions League, maybe the FA Cup isn't your big thing. But if yeah. you're kind of you know if you're like Everton or somebody somebody like that, the FA Cup means a hell of a lot because right, you're probably not winning the league and you're not going champion. to Europe. Oh. But I will say, you know. <laughs> Uh, like when you play a whole season against the league and you come out on top in first place, you are a true champion. But it's just not as there's not as much drama. I mean, you give the president's trophy out in the NHL. There's there's no there's no other league that give in the other than the NHL. Well, no, actually, the MLS does because they have uh, what is it the, uh, the the supporters shield? I think that's the name of the the actual. Well, there's the MLS Cup right. and the Supporters okay. Shield. The Supporters Shield is what you get when you win the league in the regular season. Sounds about right. And then they have a playoff. So that's when you get the MLS Cup. Right. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I just, like, I don't know. 
I like when like it was Arsenal last year or who was the team that was just insane last year? Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. And like they just didn't have to they they like won the championship like halfway through the season. No one was catching them. Right. There's no drama in that. You got to defend it later. But drama part of the part of the thing with drama is it doesn't happen every day. Like are you familiar with how the 2012 Premier League season ended? No. That was the one where Manchester City scored two goals oh, yeah, yeah, at the yeah, yeah. death yeah. to take the title from United, which had won up in Sunderland at the same time. They play all the matches at the same time. And ever since then, they've been hoping to replicate that moment. You see how like, the NBC networks basically turn their, in, they turn their entire television on a Sunday morning over the entire complex of networks over to showing every game because they're hoping for that last Sunday where you've got a title on the line, you have Champions League bids on the line, and relegation on the line. And it hasn't happened anything close to that way yeah. ever since. But that right. day was Mother's Day 2012 was one of the most glorious days Well, for me as a Man City fan because they won the league and that was a huge, huge deal. And to win it in that fashion, I mean, you've probably seen the call on, like, on YouTube, Aguero! Ah! I mean, yeah, yeah, I was... Yeah. Dancing around the house at that point, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Well, that's (laughs) enough soccer talk for this year on the DNVR Broncos podcast. It's football, in a manner of speaking. It is, Um, but I think we covered enough. Um, Speaking of sports crossovers and this, that, the other thing, uh, the other kind of thing in the news this weekend, especially in Denver, uh, is the NHL expansion draft. And more specifically, the news that the Colorado Avalanche did not protect longtime captain Gabriel Landeskog which kind of like woke everyone up that wasn't like a, a close following Avs fan to the expansion draft. All of a sudden, everyone's like, what? We're going to lose Landy? Which is still possible. Um, and so I started thinking, what if the NFL had another expansion draft? Now, the last time the NFL had an expansion draft, it wasn't very good podcasting, I, I would say, the the rules. Yeah, because back then it was the Houston Texans in 02. And it was interesting the expansion draft rules in the NFL were at their most liberalized for the Jaguars and Panthers. And of course the Jaguars and Panthers both went to the conference championship game in their second seasons. I think everyone would like to forget about how the Jaguars got there. Absolutely. But there were, there were thoughts that, okay, we gave them too much. mm -hmm. So then Cleveland drafted in 99 got bupkis and went two and 14 and like okay we overcorrected and then you had houston somewhere in the middle in 02 they were the only team that year and each team was allowed to what was basically told they had to expose five players no ufas no rfa so that's one area which is different than the nhl because you can expose unrestricted free agents like landy Mm -hmm. and the other thing and you could only expose one guy who was a 10-year veteran or greater and no kickers or punters. But they didn't say, okay, you have to have X amount of a certain side of the ball. It was just, okay, five guys. And teams used that to see if they could get rid of some contracts they didn't like, which is how Houston opened the draft with Tony Baselli, the great left tackle from Jacksonville. And Fairview High School. Yes. Who had injuries, and Houston picked him number one, but the injuries prevented Baselli from ever playing a snap, but there was like him, Aaron Glenn, great cornerback. Now he's a defensive coordinator in Detroit. He actually had a pro bowl season mm. for Houston. 
Uh, Willie Roth, Hall of Fame tackle, yep. was exposed, but they didn't take him. So there were some big names with big contracts, but it looks nothing like the list that the Kraken has now or that the Golden Knights had back in twenty uh, back in 2017 when they were able to put together a team that <clears throat> legitimately contended and went all the way to the finals. And we talked about this a yeah. little bit before the show. Like, it's not fair the way that it works. It's way too um, positive for the new team in the way that it is in the NHL right now. But it makes more sense for the league, which is what this is all about. It's about expanding the league. Mm-hmm. Seattle's going to come in, and all of a sudden they're going to have an awesome team. And then Seattle's going to have a massive fan base and the whole fan base is going to be invigorated and the city's going to love the Kraken. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Right. So let's go for the more, as you use, liberal um, use of the um, expansion draft rules. And make no mistake, if let's say the NFL expanded to London. Say that was the next team. One, if there was an overseas expansion, you know the NFL would go for the liberal rules to try yes. to get that team up to speed quickly and make them relevant and excite the fans over there. So instead of going how many players you have to expose, let's go how many players you get to protect. Mm -hmm. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to go, you get to protect six on offense, six on defense, and one quarterback. Basically, this is the one goalie. Like you Mm -hmm. have have fewer than really any other position on the team. Yeah. And it's arguably uh, like goalie is the, it's definitely the most important position. Um, in football, you can have you can be a cup finalist and have a great goalie and have not much else. Right. I mean, we literally just saw that. Yes. With the Habs. So let's do this. Let's break into it. We're going. Let's just start with the quarterback, and this mm-hmm. is actually an interesting one. You get to protect one, Mace. Who are you protecting? I'm protecting Drew. Okay. It's actually an easy call, and yep. part of it is uh, Drew. Two years of of team control. Two years on the contract. Teddy with one. You know what Teddy is, and actually, you look at Teddy and say he's kind of an ideal expansion quarterback. Right. Well, I don't think the I don't think he if you picked either way, even if you expose him, probably not, because you start looking around and saying, okay, who are the and, and there's a strategy involved with this because we see in the NHL unrestricted free agents exposed, or sometimes like you had the option of going uh, seven three one seven four three defenseman one goalie or four four one with four forwards, four defensemen, one goalie. And you had, like, the lightning went 4-4-1 four, four, because they figured, okay, we have so many forwards, you can't take them all. We're going to accept that we're going to lose we're one. take one, yeah. yeah. so, but we don't, we would rather, we, we're, we're okay losing a position where we have depth, where it's probably easier to find reinforcements than someone on the blue line. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a strategy involved with this. And so you'd be kind of looking and saying, okay, what do we expect other teams would do at quarterback? And you start kind of looking around at, at other teams, like San, say, say San Francisco, in this environment, they're going to probably expose Jimmy Garoppolo, you'd think. There's no way they're... Choice, ex- yeah. Right, they're not exposing Trey Lance. The Bears would expose Andy Dalton because they're not exposing Justin Fields. And so you start looking around the list and saying, all right, they could take Teddy. He might be the, the a prototypical expansion quarterback, but if the London whatevers are willing to spend some money on the quarterback, there are better options for right. them right now. And so the, you'd roll the dice and you'd probably end up getting Teddy back. Jimmy I, G in I, London? I mean... I'm just saying, like, you know, good-looking dude leading the franchise. Imagine if you have a, a, a Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay acolyte running the offense. Yeah. You actually can get that thing up to speed pretty quickly because the only thing with Jimmy G is, is it's not that he's not good enough. Maybe he's not clutch enough and he doesn't really stay healthy. 
but when he's healthy, he can play. Absolutely. And so if you keep him upright, so so you'd you would protect Drew though, just because then they wouldn't be tempted to go say, all right, well, let's go have a young cost control quarterback that we develop behind uh, behind the older guy. Let's you know because Drew, believe it or not, if you put him out there, he would probably be the best young quarterback that was on that market. It would make no so thus it makes no sense to put Drew on this list. It's got to be Teddy. We're on the same page here. Yeah. All right, now the fun really starts. Oh, okay, let's go. You get six more players to protect. Who is the number one player that you're putting your protection on on offense? Jerry Judy. Yep. Really? You you're going Judy too? I'm also going Judy. Oh, I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. there's another right. person who could easily fill this slot, but for me, it's like. He's your first round pick. I've said it from the beginning. I think he has insane potential. Potential to be the um, all time leading receiver for the Broncos one day if he learns, you know, to to haul in a few more. But he has insane potential for this year as well. Oh, absolutely. So now, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I think you start there, and then who's your next pick? The next one again. Simply can't afford to lose him. Um, and I think you guys had this conversation mm-hmm. recently. Uh, Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Even though that contract, it might be one where you dangle it and say, okay, do you really want to pay this much for a left tackle? But yes. I would say, let's go back to the discussion we had earlier. If you pick Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to pick a, a tackle that's going to keep him upright. And so I would not, I would not run the risk of losing Garrett Bowles. He is definitely on the six. Okay, um, another one that I just don't think you mess around with is Noah Fant. Yep, he's on my list too. So we're up to three now. Mm. We've got three more to work with. Oh, yeah, you, you got to have Fant. Oh, 100%. That, I mean, again, look at the potential. I mean, he's. I think he's going to be the, when all is said and done, he's going to be the best tight end that this team has had since Shannon Sharp. Being being the number two tight end in team history behind a Hall of Fame like that is is. Fine. Pretty darn good. You're, you're yeah. pretty happy with that. The one thing I will say is, like, you like the potential of Albert O, so, like, maybe, but he's young, he's cheap, talking of Noah. Yeah. Like, you're just not. It's tough choice. You have time. a fifth-year option on him, right. so you, you don't overthink this. And the other thing is, are we doing this like the NHL where, I mean, I think you can lose one player, right, in the NHL expansion draft? Yes. Okay. So that's part, there's part of the strategy here, kind of like I mentioned with the Lightning, is that you put so many out there a certain spot, you, you're going to lose one, but you're going to keep the rest. Mm-hmm. The Bronco, I mean, we're going to talk probably talk about a, uh, an exposed list. We'll get into that in a moment. That's going to include some talent, but you only, you only are going to lose one, and maybe you won't even lose one if, you're, if they go defense right. from your pool. In this weird world, though, then like this expansion team only gets 32 players to start with. Maybe it's one offense, one defense then. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. going to lose one on each side. Yeah. That makes sense, actually. And if you if you pick quarterback, there goes the offense. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Okay. Um, okay, so we have three protected. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm just going Cortland here again. Mm-hmm. You cannot, like, this team doesn't have enough explosive high-level talent on the offensive side of the ball. You can't lose any. Yeah. That, that, that was an easy pick, and... I thought briefly just because of the contract situation, but if you really want Cortland, you can find a way to get him back. Yes. And I think, and 
depending on what happens at the quarterback position, I think they'll find they're going to find a way somehow, some way to have Cortland Sutton still on this team in twenty two along with Jerry Judy. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, it was like a it was the recreation of DT and Emmanuel, right? And you want a Super Bowl with those two. And the best part is you can structure Cortland Sutton's contract to where he has the big hits, and then maybe you move on him from him after a second contract, and then you start paying Jerry Judy huge money. Right. So you're going to get that window of about four years where they're together. Okay, so you now have two spots left. I'm seeing, geez. I'm seeing one that I really just don't want to let go. Javante Williams? Yes. Wow. (laughs) This is kind of boring. We've agreed on all these guys so far. Too much agreement. He was actually the first guy I put down, not because he was the top priority, but in my mind, I'm thinking that's kind of like, okay, I don't want there to be any controversy here. Yes. Sorry, Melvin Gordon. We, we love you. Great guest. You know, we, we love having you as part of this team. Great to talk to you a couple weeks ago. But this is strictly kind of a contract and value thing. I yes. don't expect that the London Broyles or the London Royals or the London whatevers are going to take on an $8 million running back. No. But so if I'm they expecting do, Melvin them, to come back. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm protecting Javante. All right, Mace, you've got one spot left here. Some names that are uh, still unprotected. Uh, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, Bobby Massey, Natani Muti. Um, like I said, Albert Okwebunam. Those are the main kind of players there that are uh, still on the board. Who are you using your last protection slot on? It's tough because, again, part of it is situational because... I actually thought about using Natani Muti mm-hmm. here. But I also think, okay, what's the worst thing that happens here is that I lose Muti and Miners, but I keep one of them. The worst thing is one of them is coming back. Right. And there may not be room for both of them anyway. So I go. I went with Dalton Reiser. We agree once again. Oh, I, I did think about Muti, and Muti would be very intriguing for yes. a expansion team. He would. Cheap, uh, high potential, young. But but Reisner's cheap as well. He's yes. got two more years left on his rookie deal, and I thought if I put Reisner out there, they look at him, a guy with two years of starting experience in the back and also leadership qualities, mm-hmm. and if they've done their homework – they would look at Reisner as somebody who's caught, who's who's cheap for two years, but somebody that could kind of be one of the real leaders, real leaders of our locker room. That ends up being a guy who is there eight or ten years, and kind of be maybe ten years from now, you're looking at him being the last original player left, and he's you know been the captain, been a team captain for a few years. If I if I were a team an expansion team, and I saw Reisner on the on the unprotected list, I'd grab him. Could Reisner make uh, cowboy hats a thing in London? Oh, 100%. <laughs> every, every aspect of his personality would become a thing if he were on the London whatever. Right, right. Like I like he, the London broils. Yeah, you could, I mean, he, you know, you basically kind of do the cowboy hat thing and you're putting him, you're putting him on billboards and saying like the American game comes to England. Right. You know, he, He's one of the guys. He's one of the guys you're probably building your marketing campaign around. So yes. he has appeal on so many levels to where 
I think if you put him out there, he'd be gone. And so I'm not running that risk. This just reminded me that I um, I was driving to the golf course yesterday and I was listening to the radio call yeah. uh, of the Open. And just like on their website, they had like the straight up just like British call. Mm-hmm. And it was it's amazing. something special. It's I am- mean, we are missing out. That should just be what we hear here. People like people wonder can tennis on radio be a thing well if you can listen to like the british call like on bbc of wimbledon yes it absolutely should be a thing and it's the same thing for the open i could tremendous over they like cut to this woman she's like i'm here on the 15th hole where the flag is whipping in the wind like a daffodil on a wonderful summer day. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. It is, because they're painting the picture. This is is what the best radio announcers do, by the way, is they paint that visual picture. And we see, like, I think we get get it in baseball. Now, we've lost a little bit of that because because the announcers aren't traveling. So, you know, there's only so much, for example, that, uh, that Jack Cargan and Mike Rice can do right now because they're sitting in the course field booth when there's a game at Dodger stadium. But in general, the closest thing here is the radio announcers kind of painting the picture. But yeah, the, the British announcers seem to do a better job of that. Even on, on soccer as well. Like you ever hear like on um, a BBC world service on Saturday morning, they have a two hour like sports show, but literally for those two hours, it's going around like all the soccer games in England. Mm-hmm. And it's it kind of whips around from one to the other, and so it's so quick and it's so descriptive. It's like, it's like red. It's like soccer red zone for radio. I it's could, amazing. I was blown away. I also loved how um, the way they describe if someone misses a putt is, oh, it stays above ground. God, that's great. <laughs> oh man, that's beautiful. Yeah, I could, I honestly had you ever heard that before? No, ne- never like. Lit, tuned into something like that it's before. perspective changing isn't it it was incredible i was like wow this is like an art form we're missing something we are everyone should i don't know if you can find like highlights of that or something somewhere maybe i'll try and find them and tweet them you, out because i was truly baffled by how good it was okay um so we made the same protection list on offense which is kind of boring but i'm looking at this from the perspective of the london broils or royals both are good um, they kind of like what was left out here for them, mm-hmm. which is this is how they're going to feel about every team. So options that you could take, um, Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Albert Okuebunam, Natani Muti, Quinn Miners. I mean, there's seven guys. There's some talent. Who are very talented football players. And you got a hit on your guy because like, Maybe you're really intrigued by KJ Hamler. Well, if KJ continues to have issues, then you missed. Um, but like Tim Patrick, yeah, I, Pat. The only thing with there's going to be a lot of receivers out there. Yeah, that's the thing, and I, I think you may look at this and say, okay, are there comparable comparable receivers yeah. that have more years of team control? I look at that list. I keep I come back to Moody, Moody, and Miners. Because those guys look like they're both long-term starters in the making. I'm going Moody just because yeah. you've seen, you have tape of him on an NFL field. Yeah, that's fair. Not just snapping to garbage cans. Right. Now, at Miners, you do have the senior bowl tape, which yep. is very good. Mm-hmm. I'm going Miners because of Moody's in- injury, injury history. history. Yeah. And I think, because I, I think they're both going to be starters. 
I feel a bit better about Miners health-wise. So if you give me that list, and I'm the London Royals, London Royals, Quinn Miners, and another guy that is, you think, because on, for better or for worse, you're also thinking about marketability for some of these guys. And Quinn Miners is a marketable guy. Very true. Very true. You can have some fun, similar to Dalton Reisner. There are things that you can kind of do with that. And I think the other thing with Miners is, this year is a red shirt year for him probably here in Denver because of what they have on the interior. But I'm gonna if I'm that London team, I'm getting him out there right away. Just unless he's a complete disaster in camp, he's starting from day one. Gosh, what let, he, let him figure it out. What's the timeline you think on this before this this team in London happens? Uh you and know will it be an expansion team? It's wow, that's a good question because Got to do two, right, if you do expand? Well, I was thinking about this. You, you can do one and then ha- add another shortly thereafter, like we saw with the Browns, the second Browns and the Texans. We are actually due for expansion in the NFL because mm. from the merger through 02, we added six teams. So basically it was roughly, you know, roughly a couple of teams a decade. Mm-hmm. And we've been sitting on 32 now. This, Believe it or not, this is the 20th season of 32. And 32 is a great number, but we're kind of overdue to add a couple of teams here, even though it's going to mess up things scheduling-wise. So, I don't know. There, there may be some interesting things coming up that make this possible. You've got that lawsuit in St. Louis, for example, that's supposed to come to trial in January. I don't think the NFL is going to want that to go to trial. Mm. similar thing with the Broncos mm. and the Bol- and the uh, Bowen family lawsuit because of all the secrets that could come spilling out in a courtroom that nobody wants out. So what if there's a settlement in St. Louis and the settlement says, okay, you're getting a team, but we want to add another team, and that becomes the excuse to add a London team. Same then you do get London. your two expansion teams, and then you have to figure out another division. division. I, if they ever did expand, I'd like to make sure they get four because you could work with 36. Six yeah. six team divisions. Yeah, you can work with. But so maybe that's the that's the end goal. Maybe that's over the, the end course game. of a decade. Right. The end game is you, you kind of play with thirty four for several years, and then you look to add two more around say twenty thirty. What other cities do you think would be? I mean, Seattle's probably or sorry, um, Portland is an interesting one up there in the Pacific Northwest. Portland is like a. Even though you're in the shadow of Tampa and Jacksonville, Orlando would be in the mix. Um, a dark horse would be a place like Omaha, which has a really strong corporate base. And yeah. a lot of football fans in the exactly. back. The, the only thing is, you start looking around, like even with Portland, and say, okay, what's the secondary market? Because like the failure of Jacksonville is that there's no secondary market. Mm. Orlando is Bucks and Dolphins country, basically. Savannah is the next market to the north. That's Falcon territory because that's in Georgia. Right. So you start looking around. Alabama? For Jacksonville? I just mean like. Oh, would you that... put a team in Birmingham? Do you, it you, might, you work. might worry about the idea of there already is a massive football brand. Right. That people are so loyal to. Yeah. And that's like, and that's why I think like San Antonio Mm. You'd have to get past Jerry Jones. San Diego, if they built a stadium. San Diego, I just don't feel like the culture there is conducive to football well, it diehards. Well, it was for a long time. Okay. It's, there, there are elements in San Diego of what happened 
in Houston back with the Oilers. Like, people love football in Houston. They hated Bud Adams. Mm. And so that's and so lickety split. All of a sudden, you had a team showing up in the Texans a few years later. The only thing with San Diego is that market is so constrained because it's just San Diego County. You're not going to get many fans in Orange County. You're certainly not getting any any fans in L.A. So, okay, where you know it's got to be that town, and that's and that's actually kind of something you start thinking about with a lot of these teams, like Orlando. You'd say the same thing. Okay, you have to get it's Orlando, and that's it. If it's Portland. You get the state of Oregon, but I mean, what's a, what other markets do you have in Portland? I mean, right. Besides Portland and, and Oregon, and your your fan base isn't going north because Seattle. So that's where you also start saying, okay, non domestic markets. Um, a Toronto in the comments here. Toronto, Montreal, Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico City is one that you, if they could get things working with uh, parity between the peso and the dollar, and because one thing that kind of comes up is that you can't charge as much for tickets. Mm. down there for the general for the general fans so the other thing is also you have to get things like security right and that kind of thing because it's always there are always some logistical hurdles in mexico city that you encounter that aren't necessarily encountered in london and wouldn't necessarily be encountered in like munich or berlin or frankfurt and so the other thing is so far yeah if they add a london team you need another european team you need somebody else because the way you'd make that work is you're playing back-to-back road games against London and and say, let's just say Frankfurt for the sake of they were a good NFL Europe market. There's a football culture in that part of Germany. Okay. So let's say London and Frankfurt. Sheesh. That would be weird. Weird but awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely awesome. It's doing something that no, no other league has ever done before. And we know that Germany's on the radar because we're he, we've heard from the league that, you know, kind of through the back channels – that as things settle post-pandemic, the next place they want to play in Europe is Germany. Could they do like a draft in these cities too to kind of help build the interest there? Ooh. Well, the only thing is if you did the draft, it would have to be, you'd have, you couldn't have it be in, the, in prime time in the U.S. True. Because are you going to have the draft at uh, 1 a.m. London time? I mean, you could. People are still going to go. That would actually be a hell of a test of the football audience. And if like, we're going to do the draft in Frankfurt, we're going to do it at two in the morning and come, people come showed on, up. Come all. They would people. Yeah, you're right. People would show up. <laughs> Sometimes I underestimate the power of the NFL's brand, even overseas, it's just but like, people would show up for that. It's just like what I was saying that, you know, if you put the Broncos in Pueblo, people, you're still selling out the stadium every week. Yeah. People will go far and wide for football. Basically, we already have kind of the equivalent of that by having a team that should be in Milwaukee and Green Bay, Wisconsin. Exactly. Perfect example. There's like literally, with all respect to Green Bay, there is literally no other reason to drive to Green Bay if you're from Madison, if you're from Milwaukee, except to go to a Packer game. How long is the drive? It's about uh, about a little over two hours from Milwaukee, about two two hours and 20 from Madison. So you're driving to Vail for the game and back. And actually, with Green Bay, like I believe it's three of their game. They have like what they call the green and gold plan on season tickets, and the green because they used to right. split between Milwaukee and Green Bay. The gold plan is still the old Milwaukee plan, and so the high, the highway is choked with people driving up from the Milwaukee area for the game, and people just do it. It's crazy. They they do it because they always have. But exactly. yeah, I was gonna say no one is going to stop and not go to the game. Anyway, so that's kind of a long-winded way of saying, yeah, people are going to 
go from far, come from far and wide well, and for anything big NFL related. We're probably due for expansion soon. It was just the original we are. point. I was, it's funny because I, I, I'm glad you brought this up as a topic this morning because I thought about that this weekend with all the stuff about, about the expansion draft and seeing Landis and seeing who the lightning, lightning exposed. And like, cause there, there was like all this talk about, are they going to, you know, are they going to expose McDonough, you know, that sort of thing. And, it got me thinking. We are really due for an NF, for NFL expansion. It just it kind of hit me like it's been twenty. It's years. been nearly tw- it's been nearly twenty years since the Texans came into the league. Yep, it's time. It's it it probably is time. Um, and they love the number thirty two, but they love money, and that's a, and here's another thing. I, Let's say the Broncos are sold for a massive number. I mean, is it possible that that could even be six billion dollars? I. I have the over on five. What could the NFL charge for expansion franchises? Oh, gosh, in this environment, an obscene amount. It's unlimited. Yeah, are they literally charging eight billion dollars per franchise? And Why all of a sudden, they? so let's say you had four franchises over a decade. That is a bill, and, and the money goes to the owners. That's a billion dollars, and it's less than that 15. after taxes in every other team's pocket. Yeah. Holy smokes. And and I just don't see why there would be a cap on the number. Set it, whatever. Someone's going to pay it. Yeah. I mean, I realize there's a small pool of people who can even do it, but someone will. Well, that's why I said Omaha. What would Warren Buffett or, and, or his, you know, or his family and people connected with him pay for a team in Omaha? Again, I think it's unlimited. Yeah. Um, I also do think the NFL would have a close eye on where the MLS is having great success. Because to me, mm-hmm. with all due respect to the MLS... That tells me that that city is sports starved. You well, give us, throw us a bone, and we're going to love it. Look what happened with Seattle. The Sonics left. Yep. And Sounders came. The Sounders came in, and there was an element of FU NBA involved with the support that the Sounders got. And to their credit, they've sustained it because they've usually been good. They're well. They're a well-run club, but. There was kind of that element of, okay, we're going to show you. Like Seattle, to me, answer any questions about what kind of sports town it was when the mm-hmm. sound, when the Sounders came in and did so well. You mentioned Portland as a possibility. There's mm-hmm. great support for the Timbers. The Timbers, exactly. There. And it's because the only other thing they have is the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying, like, we need something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Denver, you know, there was a good crowd at the Rapids game the other night. But you don't see them being covered, you know, like the other teams. Well, we don't even cover them here. I mean, there's an example. Because there's pl- there's so many places for people to, to right. inject their sports love. Yeah. You know, you've got all four of the major teams. You've got two, you know, uh, you've got a Pac-12 school. you got a Power 5 school. So yeah, exactly. I mean, CU's basically the fifth major here. Right. And so you have a lot of places, whereas a place like Portland... Um, you know, they don't even necessarily have a high-level uh, school out there. Well, they got they got Oregon State and Oregon within like an hour and a half. Is that how close? I thought Corvallis was a little further, but... Yeah, hour and a half, two hours. But okay. they're they're basically, they're Portland teams for for all intents oh. and purposes. Oregon and OSU, OSU people, drop, people drive down in that droves. Makes, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I just get, never, con- yeah. like, I never, like, mentally connect Portland and Eugene. Right. But it would make sense that... The same way that Denton, like, you know. I mean, like in Florida, for example, you know, the Gators, you know, they're 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 a home team for Orlando, for Orlando Jacksonville, and Tampa. 
Right. And I mean, you meet people around here who like just grew up in Denver, didn't go to CU, but just became CU fans because CU right. was good when they were young. Yeah. And then th- that happens all the time. So yeah, there, I mean, we're pro like this market, we're probably oversaturated. We are a little so, bit. I believe we are. I believe this is the smallest market that has all five plus a major college. I think, cause I think we're smaller than the twin cities. Interesting. So anyways, there's a lot of places that it can right. go and a lot of places that are kind con- like, I really do think to these cities that are getting MLS teams, mm-hmm. the NFL will, will, you'll catch their eye if you're selling out MLS games. Yeah. And, and, but of course, some of the places where they're doing well already have the NFL, like Atlanta has done very well mm-hmm. with, Same MLS. with Nashville, Nashville, and they're, they're already set. I mean, now I think Nashville intrigues major league baseball. Because of the crowds they're drawing for right. Nashville, same thing. And maybe, as like, and maybe we'll find out next year in Charlotte when when the new club starts out there that Charlotte is underserved, and maybe that in turn uh, puts puts Charlotte a little bit up on the baseball radar too. And then, of course, Las Vegas is a player in all these things, but yeah. they have a football team. And Las Vegas has basically an unlimited budget, yes, for venue building. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of things. But first, I want to tell the good people about Breckenridge Brewery, the best beers, the best seltzers, the best lemonade seltzers out there. Um, had several of these over the weekend. Uh, probably a couple too many, if I'm being uh, completely forthcoming here. they have any of the seltzers out there at Dick's Sporting Goods Park? They didn't have Breck seltzers, unfortunately. Oh, damn, I know. I've got to get them to figure that out. Yeah. But um, definitely the best. Um, I was wishing they had the Breck ones over there because the ones they had weren't quite as good, but that's okay. Uh Got to check them out. Whatever you love. I had a strawberry sky at Wash Park yesterday. Ooh. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. Maybe I shouldn't be uh, publicizing that, but everyone else does it, so it's fine. Um, well, and you might get fined, but that's that's the limit of it. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they're going to haul your I'm rear end into court. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, but there are things to worry about. <laughs> uh, I had a strawberry sky while looking over Washington Park. I could have been anywhere. There um, you go. That's the spirit. It's a great just, place to hang out. Oh, so great. Like, sun starts to go down. Oh. It's, it's not hot anymore, but it's still warm. It was and a perfect... strawberry sky with a sunset going down. It was a perfect eating and drinking outside weekend this weekend. It absolutely was. Had some tacos. It's incredible. Um, anyways, Breckenridge Brewery, the best damn beer out there. Go check them out. Also want to tell you about Chevalier Mortgage. And you know what? It's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what we're talking about. The housing market is crazy in Colorado. So guess what? You should let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They will alleviate so much stress and worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers First, and they have a fun perk for DMVR listeners. Visit, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DMVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia are also proud DMVR members. CSU alums work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. As mortgage, broker, as mortgage brokers, they can shop over a dozen lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know they are working with you and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want. 
in every in every step of the process. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home, their well-being and their home and not just a house. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNV, DNVR shirt or hat when you do and get set up with a free consultation. That's call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, and NMLS 1910631. Speaking of a free DNVR t-shirt or hat, you can, of course, get that when you become a member at DNVR. There's so many more perks. You can read all of our training camp coverage, which we are going to have plenty of. Uh, you can get member-sized beers when you come down to the DNVR bar. You can get deals on merch every week. The list goes on and on and on. You guys have heard it before. If you haven't become a member yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, um, but please do soon. All right, let's move on here, Mace. We are going to the defensive side of the ball. There's no uh, like special position here, so you get to protect six defensemen. I don't. We don't really call them that in, in football. Defenders, um, yeah, defensive def- players, defensive players. Um, and I think I think we might have some disagreement on this side of the ball, which would be nice. <laughs> so who are you starting with? Starting with Justin Simmons. Okay, same. <laughs> Easy. You just made the commitment to him, and yeah, that's a big contract. And I don't think they would that an expansion team would take it on. But you're also kind of looking at kind of the visual of it, and the visual of and the effect of leaving him unprotected right after you signed him would probably go over like a farting church, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just, I, I mean, if if I'm the expansion team, I'm thinking of taking him. Oh, yeah. You get your defensive leader. Again, you talked about having Dalton there for, you know, a long time being a uh like the franchise centerpiece, the mm-hmm. one that everyone remembers. He was there yep. for the longest. Like that's that's what Justin Simmons could be. Right. All right. Who's your second pick? My second pick to protect is going to be Pat Sertain. Mine too. Oh God, here we go. First round pick. Yeah. Again, kind of like Jerry Judy. High potential, although I, I don't like with Jerry Judy. I, I do agree that if things work out, you're talking about him maybe breaking a lot of records. You're not talking about Pat Sertan being the best corner in Broncos history. Pretty, pretty tough to beat first ballot Hall of Famer. Or even second best. Which would be... Lee Wright. Okay. We're talking about be, him being a very good corner, someone that you build around. Yeah. Someone that should be here for eight, 10 years. But if he, he's got... I, I want to kind of keep the expectations for Pat Sertan reasonable because... I think people are saying, oh, he's the next Champ Bailey. Champ, Champ's one, like, in my opinion, a top five all-time cornerback. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to put that sort of burden it's calling, expectation. It's calling a drafted quarterback the next Peyton Manning. Yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to him. I think he's a very good corner who plays a long time. And at the at worst, he's your number two corner. Like, if, if, he, if he is a bust, he's a solid number two corner. Yeah. That's the whole thing of being a safe pick, right? So. Right, the safest pick, yeah. which somehow drove some people crazy. All right, third protection here. I think I'm going Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Two more years of team control. You're rolling the dice that he can stay healthy. The only thing that would change this is if your internal medical updates mm-hmm. aren't promising but mm-hmm. if he is up to speed health wise he's somebody you're not letting go in the expansion draft because it because if he were out there a young pass rusher who still has potential has been to the pro bowl 
I would think he'd be one of the first people that the London whatever snapped up. Mm-hmm. I think so too. All right, who do you got fourth? Fourth on my list is... So afraid you're going to say the same one I have. Uh, fourth on my... Th- this is where... This is where it actually gets really interesting and kind of and and kind of tough, um, but uh, oh, man, I just I decided to go Shelby Harris. Oh no! What I did? You did too? Yes. Sort of the same thing as uh, Justin. The, the kind of the contract situation as for well. me. I, I talked about it so many times. Which was when you played the Chiefs last year close at Arrowhead, the most valuable player in that game was Shelby Harris, in my opinion. Chase down Tyreek Hill. Chase down Tyreek Hill, but he was creating pressure up the middle. He knocked down multiple passes at the line. He did this when he was basically physically like 50% of himself because he was coming off of COVID. And Think about that for a moment. He, right. you know, he was he was winded. You could kind of see him gasping on the sideline. Clearly wasn't all the way back health-wise, but was all the way back in performance. And I, I left that game saying Shelby Harris is one of the most valuable players on this team. You can't life. You cannot continue life without him because mm-hmm. of that. I, there's just no way I can not protect him here. Um, you just signed him. He's going to be here a while. And I think he is a deeply, deeply important piece of this defense. Yeah. Who's next for you? Uh, next for me is going to be Draymond Jones. Wow. Did you <laughs> did you look at my list before we did this? I did not look at your list. Yeah. There's a reason why whenever there's been kind of a talk about what would be given back if somehow a trade for Aaron Rodgers happened, why you, you see the name Draymond Jones kicked around, and that is that interior promising interior pass rushers are hard to find. Yep. And he's already put together a six-sack season. Frankly, I think he's on a Jarrell Casey trajectory. And if he were to have a career similar to that of Jarrell Casey, yeah, you'd be you thrilled. would, and you're an expansion team, you would take that guy in a heartbeat. Of course. So that's, it, it's kind of, it's, it's a premium skill set that he has. And we've seen the gl- enough glimpses to where you don't want to let him go. And because he's an interior pass rusher, that means he's a defensive lineman who isn't coming off the field when you go sub package. Now, of course, you're only losing one defensive player off of this, right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, this is the philosophy of saying, all right, we're going to lose somebody of value, but we're only going to lose one guy of value. So that leaves us with one more protection available. Uh-huh. And listen to the list of players that are still out there. Mike Purcell, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan, um, Malik Reed. Mm-hmm. Did I say Von Miller? Von Didn't Miller. say Von Miller. Von Miller is still unprotected, and you have one more stamp to use. Now, my thought on this is a lot of these people are, only have one year left. Cream uh, Jackson one year, Kyle Fuller one year, uh, Bryce Callahan one year. Yes. So you've got some really, and of course Von Miller one year. You've got some high. Even Malik Reed is one year because he's an RFA. Right. Um, Alexander Johnson. One year. One year. Josie Jewell. One year. One year. So all of these guys are essentially one year players. You do have Mike Purcell signed 
um, still. Purcell's a multi-year guy. Darby's a multi-year guy. So it's not as simple as just saying, like, well, let's take the guy with the expiring contract because there's a lot of those here. And because of that, well, I think he's the ultimate, you know, if you're going to compare someone to Gabriel Landeskog and the Avs leaving him out there, well, that's what Von Miller is. But because my options are pretty wide here, I'm not exposing Von Miller. I'm not doing it. He's getting my protection. I'm keeping the defensive line and outside linebackers together. Um, you need that pass rush. And there's a little bit of sentimental. He's a, he's one of three Super Bowl MVPs in the franchise's history. We're not letting him go in an expansion draft. Yeah, I thought about that, but I also thought about Okay, if I am if I'm London and I'm looking at this list, who am I taking? And I see a guy who's going to be an RFA, so potentially 2 years of team control who just had an 8 sack season. Just had a productive just had a productive year. Looks like he can do even more than that in the future. And if Malik Reed were out there and mm. I'm London, I'm probably taking Malik Reed. Aren't you okay with that if you're the Broncos? You don't love it. I hate, but I but I'm also I'm I'm more I'll tell you this I'm more okay losing Kyle Fuller than Malik Reed because Fuller's probably only a one year guy and oh by the way you're really deep like on this list right now I've got Kyle Fuller Bryce Callahan Ronald Darby so maybe I lose one of them right mm-hmm. but I've still got Pat Sertan and then OJ Moody as my fourth right I wouldn't feel good about OJ Moody being the one or the two just yet I feel comfortable with him as a four. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I put Miller on the exposed list and said, okay, that I don't know if they're going to be want to take on a twenty two a twenty two point one two five million dollar contract. I'm going to contract is your best defense. I'm rolling the dice that they're going that out of this list, they're going they're they're not going to take Vaughn, they're not going to take Ronald Darby. I'm saying that they're probably going to take. They're probably going, to, and they're probably not going to take Cream Jackson because of the of his age. Mm-hmm. They're probably I'm I probably accept that I'm losing Kyle Fuller out of this list because he's one he's one year. It's a reasonable contract for a high level player, but I'm also saying, all right, I'm going to put Pat Sertan out there. Assume that he grows up. I would rather have that than run the risk of losing Malik Reed because if Malik Reed were on this expansion list and I'm London, I'm taking Malik Reed. Fair enough. I just man you know Vaughn is a is a emotional person. I think if you left him unprotected even knowing that you have a great defense in the contract there it's it's going to sour the relationship. You would tell him that and say I mean this is one where if this kind of expansion draft happens you're having a long conversation before this to say this is more of a procedural move. And maybe this is kind of on the back end where you, you've seen kind of how there are deals made in the NHL expansion draft. Perhaps that you are maybe even just flat out trading them somebody else who's unprotected before the draft. And you're saying, we'll give you this guy if you don't. Maybe you're literally saying, we will trade you Albert Okwebunam if you don't take Von Miller. Right. So they get yeah. two offensive players. Right. And then they agree to take like PJ Locke or something. Yeah. 
or or maybe or maybe even like the, they'll take like uh, a you know, Josie Jorrell out Alexander Johnson and you've got and you're going to plug either Justin Strnad or Baron Browning in there. You're going to run a majority of your snaps in sub package anyway. Fair. So I I think there's a way you can do that where you can kind of make sure that Vaughn takes this sort of this sort of move and doesn't get upset by it. And and obviously communication is the key. Yes. You don't want to blindside any player any player with this. And so that means you're going to probably have some leaks coming out, but you, you you do what, and, and I think the Broncos would, because we saw how when they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, George Payton did the dignified thing of telling Drew Locke before the deal was made, yes. telling him exactly what they were going to do. We've kind of made the compare and contrast between the Packers and Rodgers, not kind of giving him a heads up on Jordan Love, to the Broncos making sure that Drew knew what was happening before he read about it or saw it somewhere else. I'll never forget when I broke the news inadvertently to Isaiah McKenzie that he had lost his punting job. Right. And what just shows you how kind of dysfunctional things were at that moment yep. organizationally. I was like, uh, do you have any reaction? He was like, I'm just hearing this for the first time. So yeah. things that would not happen with the Broncos in 2021. No, that's a good thing. Because you have, you're more organized at the top at the top now in terms of the co of the Vic Fangio as the coach, and then George Payton, they wouldn't do that. So, man, well, wow, we finally that, had, we that, were uh, twelve we out of thirteen. We agreed on we 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 saved the best for last. Yes, because we saved the disagreement. Yes, and it wasn't even done on purpose. No, no, but it, I think it it's kind of interesting, kind of, sort of how obvious some of these moves come in light of the of the uh, in light of what the way contracts are. Now, the other thing that I think. It was interesting as we sat, you know, we protected Pat Sertan and we protected Javante Williams. We didn't protect any of the other guys. And maybe there would be something in play that said, all right, it's six and six. And you're, if it, if it's before the rookie draft, your picks are exempt. It's more likely though, than expansion draft would probably take place right around the combine. Right, that makes more sense. Kind of, and very similar to the NHL calendar. It's have you know we're going to have the Kraken picking this week before free agency. Mm-hmm. So they they may and they may literally have some agreements to pick some guys who are going to become an unrestricted free agents to just kind of say, okay, well, we'll take this guy. Maybe you'll get a draft. You know, there'll be a draft pick that we pick up that sort of thing. Mm, like a, so, you don't a compensatory. Uh huh. There are. There are, there are some moves on the back end that will be made, and I'm sure if you had the NFL structuring expansion draft like this, there are moves that could be made. It would be fascinating if it was kind of the 6-6-1 six, six like this because a, a team, I think, you could, you could build a good team that pushed for the playoffs right away with 6-6-1. Six, six right. I mean, yeah, you're coming away with two good players from the Broncos. Yeah. And so that means you're coming away with 64 probably pretty solid players. Do you even, like, if you're the league, they gave the, the NHL gave two options. 7-3-1, and 7 forwards, 3 defensemen, 1 goalie. Or 4-4-1, four, 4 one, four forwards, 4 defensemen, 1 goalie. Do you give multiple options? Do you say 6-6-1, six, six, but maybe you give the option of, of going heavy on, like, heavy on offense, and maybe it's like 7-4-1. Right. As well. Or do you break it down by position? So you can have... Mm-hmm. One quarterback, one running back, two wide receiver. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the way teams would teams would balk at the only two wide receivers because the way every three wide is becoming more of a default 
base package, they'd say, well, you're taking away a starter here. But so no maybe one's protecting three wide receivers. Well, out I of think six. I don't think. I think what would happen is you'd combine the receivers and the tight ends, and you'd say, "All right, we're gonna you can protect you protect or or it'd be or running backs. You would because you'd have four fullbacks in there as well because some teams like the Niners still run fullback. So you say one quarterback, five O linemen, five skill guys, or do you make him say, "All right, you've got to leave a starter unprotected, so it's gonna be one quarterback." four skill guys, four O-linemen. So everybody is leaving a starter out there. And then in front set, and then in like on the defense in front seven, it's five out of seven to kind of account for four, three, three, four. And then it's, you know, either three or four def- defensive backs. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's something that may be a compromise. Six six one would be amazing for the expansion teams, but the NFL has so many of those old school people that might say like, oh, well, we're not, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to only protect 13 guys. No, no. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are, these are the same people that, uh, you know, that, that you know, keep us from having so many nice and cool things. At least we got the throwback unis back. Thank God. <laughs> can't, can't wait for that next year. Can't wait for that. Um, and I can't wait for the rest of this show, which is going to take place on the podcast side of things. All right, guys, before we move on and jump into the comment section, we got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where this week you can bet one to win $150 on the NBA Finals. Man, I was very confident that the Suns were going to take care of business in Game 5, and they did not do so. Now their backs are up against the wall, and I kind of hope they lose because they didn't reward my confidence on Saturday. So you won with Morikawa, but you lost with the Suns. Yes, but I won a lot more with Morikawa okay. than I lost with the Suns. So you were more confident in Morikawa than the Suns is what you're telling me. No, the book was less confident oh. in Morikawa than the Suns. <laughs> I've got a lot to learn about this, <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, but yeah, you can get on in on either side. I think that the Bucks might finish this thing out in six. Um, so what their fans have been saying. Yeah, it is true. That's actually going to be legendary if they pull that off because they've been doing it since game three. Yes. Um, so... Check them out at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get in on either side. One to win $150. And, of course, you can always get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR when you sign up. That lets them know you're part of the DNVR family. So make sure you do that. Of course, to get in on that, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. A deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough. And restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a game-blowing problem, call 1-800-522. 4,700. Hey, I admire the confidence of Bucks fans. I admire the folks also down at Hassle Cattle Company who bring you damn good beef. Mm. Of course, we've had damn good beer. You can come to the bar and have damn good beer and damn good beef because the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger is on the menu here so at the good. DNVR bar. Shelby Arch- Harris endorsed. Exactly. I mean, just he, he had a vis- visceral reaction that you saw on social media. And the, the best part of that. Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Burger is that you can put whatever you want on it here at the DMVR bar, but you don't need all that much. You just, to me, it's just to keep it simple. Lettuce, tomato, some raw onion, little ketchup, a little ketchup, little mustard, and if you want, a slice of cheese. And it's amazing. You don't want to do anything to kind of take away the flavor. I mean, that I, I'm the type of person who just wants to throw as much stuff on a burger as I can, but I respect both strategies. But also. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm flashing back to the discussion that we had about burgers and you not wanting to put it back down on the plate. I know. I don't I, get that. I just, once you have a good grip on it, you don't want to mm. lose it. Oh, man. I, man, I don't get that. Put it down. the. It's not going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. No, I mean, I, I had a... I had a burger this weekend. I put it back down on the plate. Nothing happened. That's it just a, stood there. I picked it back up, put you it put back. Put a toothpick in it or something? No, I took the toothpick out, <laughs> put it back in my mouth, had another bite, and then you know went on watching the rest of game five. Interesting. Yeah, anyway. so Maybe we, that's we, the problem is I want so many toppings on my burger that it's stacked a little too high. Maybe. That's and why it falls apart. This may be the issue here. Kind of like you can have too many toppings on a pizza. You can't have too many toppings on a burger. But I also really like to put a lot of toppings on my pizza. Wow. Okay. So for you, you subscribe to the Fraser Crane theory, who, when he was confronted with the phrase less is more, replied, if less is more, think how much more more would be. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> anyway, Hassle Cattle Company. It's not just at the DMVR bar. Of course, you can order it at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Of course, you can uh, take advantage of the specials going on there. Use the magical code DMVR10 for 10% off. If you get that order of $200, you can get free shipping. So that's like getting another 10 or 15% off right there. But they've got something else going on right now. They've got buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. They're delicious, very flavorful, perfect for carne asada. You thinly slice them against the grain when carving them. And right now, they get their great price, $9.99 each, and you buy three, get one free. Use that code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout, and you're going to get something great to put on the grill in summertime. We are talking about tacos earlier. Mm. Carne asada tacos mm. can be amazing, and they're going to be amazing if you use some of that blue-collar Wagyu from Hassle Cattle Company and take advantage of the buy three, get one free on their flank steak. So check out Hassle Cattle Company at H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. DNVR flank for buy three, get one free on flank steaks. DNVR 10 for 10% off, 200 bucks of beef. You get free shipping. What more could you want? And just about everyone here at DNVR has just been doing $200 themselves because we stocked the fridge, we stocked the freezer with it, and uh, it'll last you. All right. Also, got to let you know about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. DNVR25 is the code to save 25%. That's a quarter of your order will be free if you use the code DNVR25. Use that code DNVR25 at Strava Craft Coffee. Get that rich, tasty CBD infused coffee. It's the best out there. Uh, it's unique. It's going to help you with certain things like aches and pains or migraines or anything like that. So make sure you test out what it can do for you. Try out, try out Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR25. All right, Mace. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into the comments. And the first one here comes from Windy City Bronco. He says, here's how I know it's time for training camp to start. The closest I can get to Broncos news is listening to a Broncos podcast talk about golf. Much love, you guys, but, man, I'm ready for the season to get started. Well, you got soccer today. Yeah, people are really itching for it. But, like, yesterday, like, why is it so quiet on Twitter? Enjoy the silence. Mm. Because, basically, now, what's interesting on Sunday in in particular, next week there's nothing going on. I probably will not be anywhere near social media on Sunday unless news breaks. But then, I give the Broncos credit for this, the following Sunday, it's a day off from camp. Oh. So that's nice. Yeah. But then the Sunday after that, Peyton Manning and John Lynch go into the Pro Football Hall. Of so Fame. that's three Sundays from now? Yes. Okay. 
Wow. It's it's coming up fast. Yeah, it is. Huge weekend in Canton. Steve Atwater on Saturday, Peyton and John Lynch on Sunday. And it was very interesting here, John Lynch on Friday. And it kind of got me thinking about a piece I'm doing today. Wax eloquent about what Denver meant to him. And kind of you think about Peyton and John Lynch, and these are two guys that showed uh, just really by coming to Denver, but then embracing it and loving it because the Broncos did so well by them, what kind of organization Denver was. It's kind of a, it's another stamp to me on the, uh, on the Pat Bowen legacy mm. because he built an organization that uh, those two, even though they were only here four years apiece, really regard as almost equal in importance to the place where they spent uh, uh, the, the bulk of their careers. Absolutely. All right, next one's from Melbourne Bronco. Hey, guys, saddened that that might have been the last three-ring circus. My Monday morning drive won't be the same. Well, you'll have um, training camp coverage to listen to on True. Monday. So that'll be, uh, that'll be a nice replacement. Yeah. Um, he says, now the comedy movie uh, draft was a cracker. I thought Mace might have thrown in a Life of Brian, a classic Monty Python movie. Nobody drafted Ace Ventura, Wayne's World, or something about Mary. All are on rerun in this house. Love your work as always. Cheers. Yeah, you know, we had a little after discussion afterward, and I know Life of Brian came up. Monty Python and the Holy Grail came up. Uh, Wayne's World, I don't think, did come up. Wayne's World's good. Uh, it's I good. just wouldn't put it in, in my draft. Something about Mary didn't come up either. And actually, something about Mary is just okay. Like, I'm King. the one I think that if I was going to include another Farrelly Brothers movie would be Kingpin. Mm, great one. Absolutely. Fantastic. Like, I think that was, I think that was one that I wish we'd found a way to get in. I mean, Bill Murray as Ernie McCracken may well be the greatest comedy movie villain that we've seen in the last 40 years. Shooter McGavin's pretty good too. He, right there, right? Kind of the same era, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fun draft. I actually, did we post the poll? I don't think we posted. The poll. We'll post it sometime this week. We'll put it up today. Well, you know, and the thing is, because it was the last three ring circus, we could wait. It's true. Yeah. All right, next one is from Jason Seventeen. This one had me laughing when I read it this <laughs> morning. Well, guys, I did it. I took the leap. I've been on the fence for a while now, but RK's read for Ball before three ring circus convinced me. So after listening to the pod, I sexted Ball just like RK told <laughs> us. It's safe to say they were not impressed, and I don't believe I'll be offered the job. Another great three ring. Sad to see season one come to an end, but if it means training camp starts, then bring it on. So pumped for this year and more uh, amazing ad reads from y'all. Yeah, um, I had the opportunity to like have that edited out, but I just said, you know what? It's probably going to be more impactful uh, just with my little slip up. In no there. one's going to forget that. Exactly. Um, but actually, you should apply for a job at Ball. Well, and if Zach were here, he would tell you that he's got relative working at Ball and speaks highly of it. Love of to the hear experience it. there. So, so it's great company. Everything that we say positive about ball can be verified. Yes. By people working at ball. 100%. So get on the ball and apply at, uh, at, at ball. Anyway, Beham Bronco. Gents, recently CBS Sports listed Kari Vincent Jr. as a Bronco sleeper rookie who could break out. Usually mainstream media has no interest or knowledge on these sort of things, but I thought this was pretty spot on. He hasn't been mentioned much when you guys talk about the cornerback room, so where do you see him fitting? Does he back up Callahan in the slot? Is he on the practice squad this year? Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Thanks, and have a great Monday. I think practice squad. Seventh rounders, typically, you can slip through the practice mm -hmm. squad. That's And, yeah, draft status does matter in this equation. Mm -hmm. I, I think they'll try to maybe, I wouldn't say kind of hide him, but they'll try to kind of, 
bring him along low-key. Now, if there's an injury at the cornerback position, I think he could step right in. And if he's doing well enough, and this is where a Sang Bassey comes in, if you can hold a Sang Bassey back and say, all right, he is going to be on the pup list, and we'll see where he is in October. If they, if they slow roll it on Bassey coming back from the ACL, then it's possible there could be room for Curry Vincent to make the 53 right away. For sure. Good point. So, we'll see how they do that. Virginia Beach Broncos. Great show on Friday, gang. Hard to believe no Mel Brooks movies, particularly Blazing Saddles, made the cut, but still all really solid picks. If you like Airplane, I highly recommend you watch the 1957 movie Zero Hour. Google Zero Hour movie and watch the trailer. Trust me on this. The thing with Zero Hour is the creators of Airplane, the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrahams, they bought the rights to the script of Zero Hour. Okay. And so, like, some of the dialogue that kind of comes in, like the plane being in peril, but some of, like, the, the, the straight dialogue that's in there, the non-comedic dialogue, is taken from that screenplay, mm. literally. And I believe kind of one of the, ga- the running gags in Airplane is that even though they're flying a jet, you hear the sound of a propeller. And I believe it is the sound of the propellers on the en- engines that were used in the movie Zero Hour. Wow. Yeah. That is quite the uh, little fact. But they were having trouble. It was like, okay, how do we do this? And they just, you know, we don't want to rip off anybody. So they just went ahead and they bought the rights to the screenplay of Zero Hour. So they could slip it in. They could slip stuff in whenever they wanted. Right. And that was kind of the, that was the template for what they built off of. Built off of. Right. So, yes. Good call, Virginia Beach Broncos. Next one's Onion Booty Bronco. Dear Zach. I'm overjoyed and slightly nervous to hear that you accept my pizza bet proposal. Is this about who wins the quarterback competition? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, it has me thinking. When Drew Locke wins the faux competition, what style of pizza will I purchase uh, with your tokens? A grandma pie? A vodka pie? Half per- a pepperoni? Half sausage? Can't exclude buff chick from the Wheel of Fortune. What pie will you purchase if you win the bet? And a question for the three of you. What is your favorite half and half pie? Well, yes, Zach is out on vacation this week. He'll be back next week if you want to bring back that question for him. But what is your favorite half and half, Mace? I actually had a place that was willing to do a half and half, but they did marinara sauce on one side and barbecue sauce on the other. So I was able to do half barbecue chicken, half pepperoni. Love that. It was awesome. That's a dedication to the customer there. That's why I keep going back to this pizza. Right. Um. I don't do half and half pies. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a man of commitment. Okay. I pick something and I roll with it. But like I said earlier, I want mini toppings. So I'll go with like the meat lovers. Yeah. See, that's the th- like you and I, uh, that's where we differ. Like I don't want any more generally than three toppings as far as I go. Like I love pepperoni, garlic, and like roasted red pepper, sun-dried tomato, I'll do. I'll, I'm weird. Uh, like, just pack it on there. Give me like sausage or like maybe like uh, Canadian bacon, pineapple, cream cheese, and jalapeno. The problem I find is that when you have too many toppings, sometimes it all like the cheese Slides and off. toppings slide off. And then yeah. it, see that then you got to have your fold uh, nice and perfected. Or you just have to just eat it with a knife and fork. I've never done that. You've never eaten pizza with a knife and fork. I don't think I ever will. Have you ever had the, uh, not the tavern style in Chicago, but the deep dish? Oh, that's true. I have okay. done that. And but I've is that t- a I, pizza? 
kinda. Or is it like a casserole? I call it like a pizza casserole. Okay. Which I think is fair. Um, it's great. There's <laughs> one that down there that, that is like the keto person's dream. I've talked about it before. Uh-huh. Instead of crust, they just use sausage. So Ooh. literally, it's just like a giant bed of sausage with cheese and sauce. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I like sausage that much. I think I'd be leaving. Like I'd be leaving the crust, as it were. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's also got like a little crispiness to it, like almost like as if it was grilled. Oh, because like the sausage is on the outside. Right. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So it's in All right. Pan. You, you might have just sold me on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a little crunch on there. Uh, <laughs> next oh. one, LDJ. LDJ. Ooh. Oh. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, hope you had a good weekend. What's the likelihood we get shacked and cut someone uh, with insane potential because of how deep the roster is? I don't want to lose Kerry Vincent Jr. Well, uh, big day for, for uh, or Kari. Kari Vincent? I think it's Kari. Kari Vincent Jr. on the, on the podcast. Um, but what if it's... So uh, what if they still like Isang Bassi? Can Kari make the roster if they decide to keep Bassi? I can't believe that that conversation just happened. Yeah, well, I mean, I assure you I did not look down at LDJ's comment before we did it, but it, they do kind of go hand in hand because you have that option of yeah. the pup. You have the option of the pup on Duke Dawson as well. Duke, has Duke Dawson ever made a play for this team? Not the not one that jumps out. Like, I don't right think so. maybe now, like no. a special teams tackle. Yeah, I mean, just he's just on the fringe. Yeah, like I think he maybe has an interception. Yeah, the the ask not for whom the bell tolls, Duke. It's probably tolling for thee. Yeah, I'm afraid, but Bassey. I know that they they probably think more highly of Bassey than Duke. At this point, and Bassey has three years of team of team control potentially including the RFA year. So. He goes on, I also want to keep Seth Williams, but geez, how the heck does he make this roster if Kendall Hinton is having a good camp? Uh, I love Kendall Hinton. If it's even close, Seth Williams will make the roster over him. Maybe, but there's there's a lot of affection for Kendall Hinton in that building. There is, but I mean, you're talking about a decent round draft pick. But who does more on special teams as well? Yeah. Like Kendall, If Kendall Hinton... Because we've seen how versatile he is. If Kendall Hinton becomes a go-to guy for Tom McMahon, he's making the team. And again, it's a sixth-round pick. That's what Seth Williams is. You get to round six, round seven, the chances of being able to slip those guys yeah, through the practice fair. squad are pretty good. And the other thing with receivers, everybody has young receivers they like. Yes, that's true. That's like, you know, we're going to have conversations. It's the easiest position to stand out at in camp. Right. And every year we're talking about, oh, this receiver looked great. He could be something. But every team has that those type of guys every year. Trinity yeah. Benson. Yeah. And it, it's receivers and, run, receivers and running backs. You're always able to have fringe guys that you get excited about in camp. It's part of part of kind of the annual drama of camp. All right, he finishes by saying, do you think if we cut them, we can get them on the practice squad, which you just mentioned? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, so. you should be able to. Yeah, and and Williams is kind of there in, in case, you know, there's an injury. And there's a chance he could beat out Tyree Cleveland, but that's a slim chance. Based on what I saw at the OTAs that were open to media, Cleveland looks like he's pretty well ahead of Seth Williams at this point. Cleveland looks pretty good. Yeah. And finally, Count Locula. No Ferris Bueller, no Super Troopers. I'm stunned, gents. Love the count. Yeah, Yeah. Ferris Bueller, that was another, like, if we're thinking, okay, that one was a near miss, 
And because we could have gone another two rounds. Well, that's the thing is, I was going to say, that's the only problem with these drafts that there's so many options is you're going to miss out on some people's favorites. But like, you're asking people to make, essentially make a top five, top 10 of their Mm -hmm. favorite movies of all time. You're still going to leave out like hundreds of movies that you like. I like both of those movies. Mm -hmm. They don't quite make my top five. Yeah. And so, and also for the draft, sometimes you're thinking, okay, what's going to get the most votes? You're you're thinking on that as well. Like Ferris Bueller's probably is in my top 25. Oh yeah. Easily. Um, Super Troopers I've never seen. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, okay. So now it's two recommendations I've had on Super Troopers here in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I would say you should, you should okay. watch that. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. I'll 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 find some time. Although, God, it's, mon- it's Monday and camp is next week. <sighs> I've wasted another offseason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out again to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Uh, you can have it both ways with MSU Denver, meaning you can work a full-time job and get your education to hopefully then better yourself and get a better full-time job. Make sure you check out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. Um, it's really, really a, a great education that you can get over there. So check them out msudenver.edu slash online. But that is going to wrap it up for us today. We'll be back on the DNVR Broncos podcast tomorrow.
you, baby. 